0: So let's get into an informative and empowering conversation. Hello, and welcome to the Motherhood Village podcast. I am on with a very special guest. I have Mrs. Susan Winograd, who is the owner of Pelvicore Rehab. Susan, how are you today? Hi, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. Um, Before we dive into my icebreaker round, why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about who you are.
1: Sure. So I, as you said, my name is Susan Winograd. I am a proud mama of four and an even prouder grandma of two. I always say being a grandma is the dessert of my life. <laughs> I, I have that. been a physical therapist for about 29 years now, and um, I am feel truly, truly blessed that what I do for a living is my life's purpose. So I get to go into work every single day, living my life's purpose. And that's really what I do. I help change people's lives and I love every single minute of it.
0: I love it. Okay. Ready to dive in. But first, do you have a favorite book or one that you would like to recommend to the mothers that are listening to the podcast?
1: Yeah. So Nicole, you really opened a Pandora's box there because (laughs) I'm somewhat of a book junkie. So I'm going to Can I say two favorites? Absolutely. So for women and moms out there, one of my favorite books is called Wild Feminine by Tammy Kent. It is absolutely phenomenal. It really helps... Women connect to every single part of their body, to their pelvic organs, to their pelvic floor with beautiful explanation and stories from her um, clinic. She's a holistic pelvic floor therapist in Colorado. And I just think it's a beautifully written book that everybody could benefit from. Mm -hmm. I'm a little obsessed with Hal Elrod. I keep mentioning his name, hoping that he'll reach out to me and ask to be a guest on my podcast. But he's written several amazing books. But my My favorite is called The Miracle Equation. And I think that it would, that book should be read by everybody who has any goal in life.
0: Oh, I love that. Can you share any resources that have helped you in your business endeavors? Yeah, there's really too many to
1: to list. But what I will say is that I've had a coach. I've I've had a a business coach probably for the last decade. So that's been a great resource to me as well. Um, I am constantly reading books, listening to podcasts. And really the greatest resource has been tapping into my local community and getting to know people in my my community that can that I can collaborate with. Because we want we all want to help people. We have a common purpose. And when we can connect and collaborate, magic happens.
0: Couldn't agree more. That's why the Motherhood Village. Um, who, who and what has been a part of your Motherhood Village? So you said you had four children. I know um, yeah. three of them are out of the house. They're grown. You have your baby that's living with you, but he'll be out soon. Yeah. So almost an empty nester stage. But tell me, yeah, who really has helped you? if you can think of all these years really within your motherhood village. Yeah,
1: so I I really have to give props to my mom. My mom is has been my number one supporter in my motherhood village from the day my oldest daughter was born, my mom's been there involved in every aspect of my life and my children's life. And she has really led by example to, to be the number one support I can ever ask for. And then, um, all of the doulas and midwives that I work with, I mean, I, I feel compelled to mention names, but I don't want to do that because there are too many to count. And, um, you know, I really have to give credit to my best friend, Jackie, who um, was my backyard neighbor when we were raising our kids and we helped raise each other's kids. So aside from the healthcare providers, I think sometimes we look to that, but we have to recognize the people in our lives that have been by our side every second of the way. So thanks mom. And thanks Jackie. I love you both.
0: I love it. Okay, let's dive in. Yeah, what is pelvic core rehab Um, for those? I know for me, I first heard about um, like pelvic floor on my podcast a couple years ago, Um, so I was excited to tap into someone who's locally, right? Who's local and I can connect moms with, but yet yeah, tell me what that is and what is your pelvic floor? Like talk to me a kind of sure of, of that.
1: I could talk to you about this all day, <laughs> but I'm going to try to make it like yes. somewhat short. So I, I specialize, I'm a pelvic floor. I'm a physical therapist, but I specialize in the pelvic floor, which okay. essentially means, um, in a broad term, people that have bowel, bladder, or sexual issues, bowel, bladder, or sexual dysfunction, However, I, I I hate to limit it to that because it really is so much more than that. The pelvic floor is, in short, a group of muscles that lays at the base of your pelvis. There's three layers. There's mm-hmm. three muscles in each layer, and it has it helps with sexual appreciation. It is what keeps us continent. It's a stability and a support and plays a role in our our lymphatic system. But just as importantly, it's part of our deep core system. It's part of a system that works together to keep us upright as we live throughout life. So it's pretty important. It is (laughs) Pretty important, <laughs> yeah. So I say the core part because a lot of people have this misconception that they come to a pelvic floor therapist and we are only working on the pelvis. But when we assess someone with any kind of pelvic floor dysfunction, we're looking at their alignment, we're looking at their ribs, we're looking at the diaphragm, we're looking at the digestive organs, and a gross, you know, musculoskeletal assessment because nothing lives in isolation. Sure. But um, we 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 love what we do because it is so needed and so I think under recognized, although it's getting it's that's getting better.
0: Well that's what I'm saying. Like it sounds pretty important and the reason why I mentioned that I'm like, because when I even found out about it, my son was already maybe three years old mm-hmm. and in my mind I'm like, how did I not know about this? How did even my midwives not maybe tell me like, hey, these are the people that you should see after you have a baby And I know we hear the jokes of um like my mom has even said or, you know, they're like, oh when I laugh I Mm -hmm. you know, for lack of a better word, you know, we'll go to the bathroom on myself or urine on myself or whatever the case may be. And we laugh, but in my mind, I'm like, but that can't be normal. So I'm like, how, to your point, like it it does sound like something that's so important, but so underrated that needs to be dived into more. How did you get into it? Um, And I know, like you said, you're a, a physical therapist where this is your main focus, but how did you get into it? And did you have it, looked at for your own pelvis. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah,
1: so that's a great question. I'll I'll speak to your first question first. So before I was a pelvic floor therapist, I had a different company called Home Advantage Rehab and I would do basically orthopedic physical therapy in people's homes. And I was constantly getting referrals to work on people's balance because they were falling or they had other issues. And what I noticed, what I started to notice on my own is that people were falling because they were running to the bathroom. And people, you know, after surgery were struggling with bowel and bladder issues. So I started to do my own research and started to do bowel and bladder retraining on my own. And I just felt, that I was really changing people's lives on such a different level than I was before, and I became really, really interested. Okay. And I guess the 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 stars aligned, and a, a great physician called me, and he said, "You know, I have all these people with pelvic pain. I don't know what to do with them. Will you learn how to treat them?" And I said, "Absolutely." And I went home. I told my husband I was reinventing myself, and I have not stopped since. I actually closed the doors to my other business and then launched Pelvicore Rehab so I could fully commit myself to what I'm doing now.
0: Awesome. And so you were able to even train yourself to kind of like, talk to me about that. Or uh, like about the he, training involved? No. Oh, um, myself. For your own health. Yes. So I, yeah. as I mentioned, I have four kids. Yes. Um, yes I had
1: four vaginal births wow. and when I was pregnant with my fourth, I will never forget that I was in so much pain. I was in the Short Hills Mall in New Jersey and I called my husband. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to get home. I'm in so much pain. And I went to my GYN at that time, my OBGYN, and she goes, pain during pregnancy is normal. Don't worry about it. And this was before I had ever heard of pelvic floor PT. And I reflect back on it now and I, it, 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 it kind of infuriates me to be honest because pain... During pregnancy is common, but certainly not normal. So the way that it works. So I have since then saw treatment for myself, and the way things work when you train for these for, to be a pelvic floor therapist is in all the courses you learn how to do something. Someone practices on you, and then you practice on someone else. Oh,
0: that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, during just during my training, I learned so much about my own body having so many different pelvic therapists work on me but I to answer your question I'm constantly working on my deep core health on my pelvic floor health um so yes yes but unfortunately when I was having kids I didn't know about it the only thing that I would tell other people that that have had that experience is that it's never too late
0: and that was going to be so my next kind of leading into question is not that it's not too late and that's not but really what what have you seen in, like, what are really the differences, even from you? So you have your son, obviously, because it wasn't a night or day thing, because you were still unaware of what you can do with your pelvic floor. Fine. Right. But in you training on yourself to help moms, what have you seen in your own self? Um, you have a daughter, right? Mm-hmm. And you have grandbabies. So yeah. how have you seen that? Like I guess talk to me about... Um, how it has helped women, how you have seen the impact of pelvic floor and to any mother listening, why you feel it is so super important for women to focus on that. Yeah,
1: so I think for my own personal experience, I feel stronger than I ever have. I feel more supported than I ever have. I am can do any sport and I'm not worried about it because I know that I am doing it the right way and generating support from my core. I actually had a personal training session um, last Friday with Emma Grio, who owns Fit for Mom. And um, she came to my house We did a and she did an intake on me. And she's like, do you have pain here? Do you have pain there? Do you leak? And I'm like... I guess I'm really boring. And then I was like, I guess I take really good care of myself. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I see in moms, and this is my favorite story, and I'll share what an impact this can make is, we see moms like this all the time, but this example stands out to me. I have a sweet client, her name is Lauren. I could say her name because she posts on Instagram about me. She came to me after her seventh pregnancy because she wanted to go back to running. Mm-hmm. So we got her back to running and she said, why didn't anybody tell me about you? I have I have had seven pregnancies and seven births and I never oh, found wow. out about you. And here I am after my birth because I want to go back to running and I've never felt better. Fast forward, she had an eighth, ninth, and a tenth pregnancy. And she came to me during her eighth, ninth, tenth pregnancies and in her postpartum period. And she says her eighth, ninth, and tenth pregnancies and postpartum healing were better than her first seven wow. because she was taken care of by a, a pelvic health therapist and because she knew how to support her body. Sure. So those are the kind of differences that we make in people. The other thing is, is it, when it, the, the, that's the happy sure. ending what I see a lot of the times also is moms that don't get the help they need and they go back to activity too quickly or you know they don't do uh, the right progression. They do things before their body's ready and they develop dysfunction that was preventable. Mm-hmm. I also treat menopausal moms who okay. I think back and I, I, I say, I don't say it out loud because there's no reason to catastrophize in the present, but I know that had they gotten the help they needed in the postpartum period, the problems that showed up during menopause would not
0: have been the same. Wow. Yeah. Um, Oh, goodness. That's a whole nother topic because I'm like, oh, let's dive into it because I'll be 40 this year. So in my mind, I'm like, I have physically seen differences in my body um, within- Truthfully, like the last year um, of being like, oh wait a minute, like this is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> like once you reach a certain age, and has got me thinking like maybe checking my pelvic floor because even though my son, um, he'll be six, I still know that there are certain elements that I'm not like completely strong in mm-hmm. that probably didn't do the right exercises, if at any, um, to really strengthen that. Because let's be real, when we have a baby, everything is transformed. Everything changes, which is still mind boggling to me that in 2023, to your earlier point where you said, now we're talking about it, but it's not. like You're kind of the exception of that. There's not many of you, um, which I guess is good for you because you're like, you're helping. But then at the point, I'm sure there's a part of you that's like, I wish there was more of us helping so many moms.
1: <laughs> right. And, and it is getting better, but we're not, we're not where we should be. I had a few years ago, I had a mom that came to me from Europe and she said, she said, I, I gave birth in Florida. I need to come in for an appointment. I said, awesome. How did you like know that you needed pelvic floor therapy? Who referred you? I like, what do you mean? Everybody in Europe has pelvic floor therapy post after birth. And I said, wow, for, for live, like we are really behind the eight ball of other countries in terms of pelvic health. We're catching up because I think as a pelvic health community, we all really are. Most of us are committed to spreading the message, um, but there's more work to do.
0: Yeah, and I think social media, right? So you can watch a video. We can have this conversation. You have your own podcast where people can listen more. So I think the education is there, but to your point, it's 2023. So this is something that should have been. Yeah. Um, we've been giving birth for, you know, how many babies are born every year? So think about that. But on another note, so share specifically the resources, um, the services that you do provide to help moms. What does that look like? Um, and then we'll get into you sharing some tips that maybe new moms can do. Even listening to this, that you're like, listen, if you can't make it an appointment right now. These are things that you can do for yourself. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, um, your first question was, "What is services? Wh- okay, the services." services. Yep. So, we really provide a comprehensive whole body. We that our approach to treatment mm-hmm. is comprehensive and whole body. So, I'll give you an example, um, you know, as to what a physical therapy session sure. or an evaluation may look like. Um, the services we provide are. You know, we we basically listen to what the person's primary health concerns are. Why are they coming to us? Mm-hmm. Bowel, bladder, sexual, pregnancy, postpartum, menopause. I know you have the Motherhood Village. We also treat men in our practice. So men have pelvic floors too, wow. um, you know any kind of um, digestive issues but we treat ribs because it's connected to the deep core we look for the driver sometimes people come to me with bowel bladder or sexual dysfunction and I end up treating their feet because yeah. that's what's driving it all starts from the foot and goes up the chain so when someone comes to us the first thing we do is we listen Nicole mm-hmm. because unfortunately in the current state of medicine that we're in people are not listened to and I can't tell you how therapeutic it is for people to tell their story. So we really listen to their story and we kind of start putting the pieces of their unique puzzle together. We do a complete musculoskeletal assessment. We start discerning where the driver is from. We do an abdominal wall assessment. We do an assessment of their diaphragm and their breathing and their rib mobility. And then we do do a pelvic floor assessment. So we do an internal vaginal or an internal rectal assessment because that's the best way to access the pelvic floor muscles. There's a lot that we can glean externally if somebody doesn't want an internal exam. Um, But it's it's just like, you know, assessing your biceps or your triceps Your pelvic floor muscles are skeletal muscle, and that's the best way to access them. And that internal exam is important because a lot of people are not connected to that part of their body because you can't see those muscles. So the services we provide are just like any other physical therapy practice. We have biofeedback and electric stim, but our best tools are our hands and empowering and educating our clients on how to take care of
0: themselves. Before you jump into the tips, um, this is a motherhood podcast, but women have husbands, partners, friends, dads. What are some things that would affect a man's pelvic floor?
1: Great question. So it's shocking to most people, Nicole, but men have almost identical anatomy of their pelvic floor as women with the exception of the external genitalia, right, and the pelvic organs. So they have a prostate, they have a penis, women have uterus, fallopian tubes, ovaries, a vagina, but they have a pelvic floor muscle. They have a pelvic floor that has three layers, that has three muscles in each layer. The urethra goes right through the pelvic floor muscles. The lower rectum goes right through the pelvic floor muscles. So men struggle with bowel, bladder, sexual dysfunction. They struggle with leaking Incomplete evacuation, dribbling, urinary hesitancy, altered flow, overactive bladder, painful bladder syndrome, constipation, functional constipation, chronic pelvic pain syndrome, which is they used to call prostatitis, erectile dysfunction. So there are, you know, Mm -hmm. the same kind of set of issues that women can have,
0: men can have as well, and they do. And I was going to say, and where would theirs... I guess stem from because they're not because and truthfully, I guess there's women I'm sure that you have that may have pelvic floor issues that have never given birth. Yeah, so where does where do people where do would one get maybe a pelvic floor if they haven't given birth because that's where I'm learning it from. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm thinking pelvic floor pregnancy, but to your point, can happen in anyone. What would be some things that would cause that?
1: So that's an amazing question, and a lot of our clients have not been pregnant or given birth and um, we just always have to remember that the pelvic floor muscles are like any other muscle in the body. So we all hold tension somewhere in our bodies, right? Some people are like, oh, my neck hurts. Mm -hmm. That's where they hold tension or people have tension headaches, Mm right? Right some people hold tension in their pelvic floor and your pelvic floor needs to be able to contract to support you and it needs to be able to fully lengthen. So we need that normal range of motion. So some people that have, you know, some people, if they have bowel, bladder or sexual dysfunction, they'll just start doing Kegels and they get worse because that's not what they need. They need to release and relax and lengthen the Mm -hmm. pelvic floor. And then on the flip side, there are some people men or women who have weakness and they need to strengthen their pelvic floor. But even with that, we don't want people just to go and do Kegels because we want to give them a fit prescription. We want to individualize the frequency, the intensity, the interval, the timing of their exercises. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it could be tension. It could be, it could be,
0: um, generated from another part of their body. Yeah. Right. And, So now to share the tips, my first question of that, we'll say this part A is, do you think every person, regardless if you think you have an issue or we'll take it back to the moms, right? Mm -hmm. Let's take it to the moms. If you've given birth, if you're pregnant, this one's for you. Um, or if you've had a baby within, like I guess like you said, it's never too late. Do you think everyone should just have their pelvic floor checked anyway? Because my question to you is gonna be, how do you know if you're in need of having your pelvic floor checked? So maybe answer that twofold. Do you believe everyone should? And part two, if you haven't given birth, how would someone know that maybe there is an alignment off? Right,
1: so that's, uh, I love that question. So um, I think every woman that's been pregnant and has given birth, whether it's a Mm C-section or has given birth vaginally, Absolutely should be seen by a pelvic floor therapist. If you think about, you know, everybody, we we all know, we all agree that pregnancy and birth is beautiful. It's miraculous, but it's probably one of the more traumatic events that's going to happen to your body in your lifetime. So we need to recover and heal from that in the right way. So I prefer women come to us during pregnancy because we can teach them so many amazing strategies to keep them supported, to prevent pain, to keep their body optimized and primed for an easy birth and postpartum recovery. So yes to that. The other thing that I would say is how do you know if you need a, a pelvic floor physical therapist? So my message to people always is your body communicates to you. Right? Your body tells you when something's going on. So this is not an exclusive thing, but what I tell people is pay attention to the four P's. Peeing, pooping, pain, and pressure. <laughs> if you have any alteration in urination, whether it's leaking, double voiding, hesitancy, um, incomplete evacuation, frequency, urgency, you know, um, dribbling after your body's communicating to you that something's going on that you need to pay attention to. Um, you know, pooping, so constipation, incomplete evacuation, loose stools, um, yeah. anything like that, um, inability to hold back wind, inability to pass wind, mm-hmm. your body is communicating to you that something's going wow. on pain. So pain doesn't only have to be in the pelvis. You could have pelvic pain. You could have lower abdominal pain, groin pain, hip Mm -hmm. pain. Low back pain is one of the number one signs that convey to you that something is going on with your pelvic floor. Bra line pain, That's your body communicating to you that something may be going on with your deep core system and pressure. So pressure sometimes can be um, from vulvar varicosities, or it could be a sign of pelvic organ prolapse where your pelvic organs are descending from their anatomical position. So those are the four big ones. But what I tell people is listen to your body. You know when something's not right. Just don't silence it.
0: You know, oh, I know, listen to the message and do something about it. So before you mentioned that, um, or I, as you were talking, you were basically saying it's kind of hard, like, because yeah, when, again, I guess this is the ignorance of it, but we just don't know. That's why we're having this conversation of you think doing Kegels is something that can help everyone always just do the Kegels, you strengthen in your muscles. Um But you alluded to something and saying, no, you could actually make it worse. So are there... Things that moms can do immediately after having baby. Let's say they can't. Let's say, you know, they just had a baby. Like, what are some things while they are at home recovering, like, that they can do to maybe start?
1: Yeah. So, one thing I tell moms right after birth, and you know, I have, like, different spectrums of of where moms are at in terms of wanting to Mm -hmm. be proactive. And the first thing I always say is sleep you just had a baby. Yes, I know. Sleep, skin to skin, skin contact, yeah. connect with the baby. But in terms of healing, the very first stage, the first six weeks, I say to rest. Mm-hmm reconnect with your pelvic floor. You can do that through the breath. Your breath is what leads the deep core system. And then slowly reactivate. And then you can do that slowly through the breath. So it's so so simple. It doesn't have to be complicated and then progress from there. Try to just reconnect. See if you can feel your pelvic floor. Um, do it through the breath that's what we teach moms to do sure. but for the first 6 weeks we really want mom to heal they're in the active recovery phase and we want really we want them to to heal and then pace themselves but breathe breathe and that will help you become reconnected with your pelvis
0: i love that Okay. You also have a wellness program that you and I, so for um, those listening, um, Susan and I know each other and um, we both record at the same studio and we just kind of connected. And I love having connections like this because it just makes it so much more magical and organic and bridging our communities together. So we talked recently and I love this idea of this wellness program. And it seems like it's something you're so passionate about and you're adding this additional layer to what you do with the pelvic core Rehab. So talk to me about that. And what are the five pillars, if you don't mind breaking that down for of me?
1: Of course, of course. So everything, you know, when I started pelvic core Rehab, it was, we talked about this too, Nicole, it was me, myself, and I, and I really didn't have a clear vision of where this was going to go. And sure. everything that <laughs> has evolved in pelvic core Rehab has been born out of seeing what my clients need and want. And Although, in Pelvicore Rehab, we, we do take amazing care of our clients, and we quarterback their care, and we're looking for root cause and underlying causes, I knew that I could do more. I, I still felt like my clients were looking for other nutrition ops, options, looking for other holistic healing options, and I felt it was my responsibility to sort of fill that gap, and I wanted to, so we have been working relentlessly to develop our wellness program so that we can give clients more of what they needed. So we have launched our wellness programs, and I am proud to say that I think they're phenomenal. And when we were looking at developing a wellness program, we were thinking of all of the things that our clients would need that we could put in a seamless, systematic system that they could implement on their own when they were finished with us that they can use for the rest of their lives to stay optimal. And so we developed these five pillars of health. There are five essential elements that are the foundation of health. Health. The first one is is a detox. So I'll just say all sure. of them and then I'll go into them a little bit. But our first pillar is detoxification. Our second one is nutrition. The third one is hormones. Then we have movement and mentorship. So with detox, we are not talking about, you know, And and we're not talking about going to the sauna. Yeah, we're not talking about sitting on the toilet all day. We're not talking about days of fasting and drinking water. (laughs) You're always eating whole foods and whole meals. We're talking about a gentle, gentle detox to clean out the liver because we live in a toxic environment. And in order for our bodies to function optimally, for our hormones to get where they need to go, to clear our body of inflammation, our liver has to function optimally. So we do a super gentle liver detox. And then nutrition, you really cannot separate pelvic health from nutrition. In order to have complete pelvic healing, we need to include nutrition. And that also has to be individualized. There's nothing cookie cutter about our programs. But what I will say about nutrition is that food can be a medicine or it could be poison and we want to use it to tap into its healing power. So that's how we approach nutrition from a very individualized way. Some people think they are eating clean and they're eating healthy, but they don't really realize how certain foods are showing up in their body,
0: right? It's so true because I I heard that that someone said vegan and It was, I I don't know if it's Dr. Mark Hyman. I don't know if you're familiar with Mm -hmm. him. I don't know if it was him, but someone was basically saying like, you have to listen to your body. And someone, I might be lactose intolerant or um, dairy might not sit well with me, but for someone else, they actually may need that. And maybe having oat milk and almond milk isn't well. So again, you have to know your body, but go on. I feel like nutrition is like.
1: It's, yeah. I mean, we're also marketed to all the time and we're getting these constant messages of bombardment of, of what's good for us. Like milk does a body good, right? Everybody knows that because they've marketed it so well and And milk is good for some people, but it's not good for a lot of people. So it's, it's hard for us to sometimes filter those messages. Uh, and then we have hormones. So, you know, what we do with hormones is we help Clients develop a lifestyle and a level of optimal health where their bodies can uh, balance their hormones naturally. That's really what we want because ideally your body is supposed to be able to balance its own hormones, right? Sure. But um, stress can get in the way and inflammation can get in the way and our um, you know neurotransmitters that are produced in the, the gut can be altered. So we want to optimize your body to support a lifestyle where your body can Uh, balance hormones naturally, because hormone balance is a really important part of optimal health. Then we have movement. I'm a physical therapist. Movement, motion is lotion, movement is medicine. But it has to be optimized. It has to be individualized, I'm sorry. What, you may love yoga, but I may say, Nicole, let's let's work toward yoga. But if you, let's say, have hypermobility, we may need to do something else first or your movement may look like jogging or for someone else, it may look like Qigong. Yeah. It needs to be individualized as well and the person needs to enjoy it in order to make it sustainable. Absolutely. And the most important pillar is the mentorship yeah. because so many people start so many great things, but then they fall... New Year's resolutions, Nicole, yes. right? <laughs> How yes. long do they last? So we literally... Are there every step of the way. We have systems in place to give people what they need. I have a sweet gentleman that I'm treating now. He had a hard time doing his program. And I'm like, okay, what will help you get there so that you get better? And he was like, well, you know, I like to be held accountable. I'm like, text me every single night. Oh, wow. And he texts me every single night and he's doing great and that's what he needed. So having someone... Uh, develop an individualized plan for you, having someone guide you and support you and hold you accountable and motivate you and encourage you. And and then also celebrate your wins. That's what we want. That's my favorite part. So we bring all of these five pillars together in a seamless program that's individualized for that person to really get them where they want to go
0: long-term. I love that. I love how you said the mentorship. It's funny. I was listening to a podcast earlier today and they were talking about the, and I mean, this was a sports thing. I listen to so many different things. I feel like we can gain knowledge from, you know, I'm not even like truly into sports like I used to be, but I just like listening to sometimes sports podcasts. And yeah. they were talking about mentorship and how we're kind of missing that to some degree. So I love how you added that because. I also feel being a business owner, we get so overwhelmed. Motherhood, we get so overwhelmed. Moms are just like, just tell me where I need to go. You're a business owner. Just tell me what I need to do. Like I'm inundated with, well, you should do it this way. Do it this way. Mm, No, this way. So I love that you said that that's kind of your favorite and that you ask the person like, okay you know, because to your point, some people might like maybe the reminders and they're good with it. And some people are like, look, I'm a little overwhelmed. Can you just maybe help me get me to that next step? Which truthfully to your point is the most important because look, you could have all the knowledge on your nutrition. You can have all the knowledge of how you're supposed to move. You can have all of the pillars to get you. But if you're not taking action,
1: you're powerless. You're you're, you're powerless. You're not doing it. It's
0: a waste of money. All the things.
1: Yeah. That I always say that, Nicole, I love that. What I tell everybody is knowledge is power, but if you don't know how to put it into action, it leaves you powerless. So that's what mentorship is. And I truly believe that if you look at anybody who's been successful in any area of life, they have a mentor. Mm -hmm. And when I started going down this road of pelvic health, I committed to always having a mentor and always being a mentor.
0: Um, And I I think that it's so important and it's really changed my life. It is. And I wish more people kind of had that aspect of it, of like whether went for mentorship to to get a mentor or to mentor a mentee, to get someone that they can help. Because I think when you have the knowledge, you kind of try and give it as much as you can. Um, Okay, so it's going to business, business ownership. You're yeah. a grandma, you're a mom. And I keep saying that because I feel like it's so fascinating. I always say I bow down to single moms, moms with older kids and moms with multiples. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I, like I just, cause I just have the one and a fantastic husband and support system. And I'm like, wait a minute, help me. Right. So I could not even imagine. Um, so the reason why I'm fascinated by it, because I feel like you've built something so incredible with your business and now it sounds like you're adding this other element. So there's no slowing down for you. You're like, that's awesome. But then you're also a grandma and you're still a mom. Can you talk to me about what that has been like for you? And what have you learned through your entrepreneurship journey and your motherhood journey? And now grandma, journey of how that's like bridged the gaps for you and what, what, what has been your best part of all of that?
1: Yeah. So what I will say is that that's a journey, right? Find, I don't think you ever truly find the perfect balance. I think it's a journey. And, you know, when my kids were little, my commitment to myself was, I always worked. I still had my business, but I was home when my kids left and I was home with dinner ready when they got home. My kids never even realized that I worked. Wow. Yeah, so now that my kids are older and, you know, my youngest is going into 12th grade, I this is my time. My I have two purposes in life. I have sure. two missions in life. My first one is when I'm home with my family to show up for them. Yes. And my second purpose is the work that I do. So, you know, I've really given my family the time and now it's my time to recommit myself to my other purpose because my kids are not home. Amen. However, that being said, it is, it's challenging, Nicole. I'm not going to lie. Amen. I feel like, you know, with this whole wellness program, I, I had to, you know, I was working 24-7 and my kids had to remind me they're like mom you need to step it back a notch right so Hal Elrod wrote a a book called The Morning Miracle. Mm -hmm. And I I really started developing more of a self-care routine for myself in the morning to start off my day a little bit more grounded and to scale back so that I can show up for my children better. And so I can show up for my grandchildren better, but it's, 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 you know, it's a give and take, it's a balance. I'm not going to lie. It's very challenging at times, but when you have your two greatest loves, yes. your work and your family, it's, it's still a joy. It's yeah. just navigating where to put your energy at what time.
0: I love that. Yeah. I had a guest on my podcast say something that was like, she basically was um, inspiring the moms listening and saying, look, if you have a purpose or a passion, like lean into that and yeah. everything will come the way it's supposed to. If yeah. that makes sense. Like if you're leaning into that, you'll find that time to try and do what you have to do to add the family because that's what moms do. I agree. I agree.
1: And it has to feel right to you. And I don't believe that we can't do everything. I I feel like I, we can do everything. You just have to decide what time is right to you to commit your energy in a certain place. But you know, my goals keep growing and I thank God I have a very supportive family and I have the most fabulous husband in the world who supports me in everything I do, but I I feel like I'm I'm just starting.
0: I love that. And to your point, I mean, you have still he's still in high school, so you're still mom. That's yeah. why that's why I find it so fascinating because I'm like you're still building this. Technically, you've raised three kids, and you know they sound like they're doing great. They're thriving, but you're still mom. I'm sure they still call yes. I'm like mom. I need you. So it's yeah, it's 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 awesome to listen and incredible to listen. I tell moms because I'm still look, I'm still I've done the trying to juggle and like, well, maybe I'll work in the morning or maybe i work at night and trying to figure out what works best. Truthfully, what I found for me is I never make promises to him that I know I can't keep. I love that. Because there have been times I have and I'm like, oh, yep, I'll be back. And then he's devastated because I didn't make it in time for bedtime or whatever it was. So I nipped that in the bud real Mm -hmm. quick. And two... I try not for myself, if I know I'm going hard because I'm going to come home later, whatever it is, I'll either make sure I'm there in the morning to make him pancakes or to take him to school. I think we're still young enough that he appreciates that. Um, And I think kids just want to be validated and to show. um, So any moms listening, because some parents can't. And if they are working multiple jobs and they're like, look, I can't do that. I think as long as you give them some of those nuggets and you can tell you're the one with the older kids, yeah. I think as long as they feel some validation, that's it. And those times where I have made him pancakes, he doesn't care that I wasn't there the night before he's enjoying his pancakes. Yeah,
1: <laughs> absolutely. And I would say that doesn't change as yeah. they get older. You know, yeah. my, my, I am super excited because all of my kids, were all going to be together under one roof this weekend. And, um, you know, we have this thing in my house when everybody comes home, they can make a request of what they want. So my son, you know, he wants his sushi salad and this one wants fresh chicken soup. So they all still feel like they're getting a very special part of me. And I'm, you know, they all feel like they still have my heart and they still have my attention. And I think that if that's authentic, they, feel that. They know, they, my kids know that although I'm busier than I ever have been, if they need me, I will drop everything at the yep. drop of a hat. They are number one and they know that. That's awesome. That's
0: awesome. Okay. As we wind down here, I know you mentioned that you get grounded in the morning. Are there any other tips and things that you can say that you release, reset and recharge? So I try and reframe this. And the reason why I feel like that's such a a powerful way to reframe it and why I love that and it's also the theme of the summit this year is because I think we do need to find things that help us release to help us reset and recharge. Mm -hmm. What other things do you add to yourself? Like you said, you're the busiest you've ever been to make sure you are at your best self. So, um,
1: breathing. Breathing. Mm -hmm. I am uh, obsessed with breathing. I think that you can change every single system in the body with different kinds of breath. So, alternate nostril breathing, box breathing, deep diaphragmatic breathing, Wim Hof breathing. I mean, I can go on and on and on um, with different kinds of breath. And I feel like that, that has the ability to ground you, to change you, to energize you, to relax you almost instantaneously. I more recently started journaling every morning. I feel like I, f- I have found that really grounding. And one of my favorite, I think, very underutilized strategies is visualization. Mm. Every morning I've started visualizing how I want my day to go That's and lovely. really in detail picturing it and I do that very often with healing with my clients you know athletes do it all the time right yes. they visualize themselves finishing that
0: that uh finish line mm-hmm. I love it yeah. How, can you share as we find, as we wind down here, how people can connect with you, where people can find you? I know you're located in South Florida, but how people can connect with you online. I'll put it in the show notes, your website, the wellness program, all the things, yeah. your, your podcast.
1: Yeah, so um, my podcast has been uh, it's definitely a labor of love like everything else. It's called Your Pelvic Health Podcast. You can find us on Instagram. Our handle is at Pelvicore Rehab. We're on Facebook, Susan Winograd at Pelvicore Rehab. And our website, website is pelvicorehab.com and um, we are here we are love helping men women and children just live their best lives i love that yeah
0: what are the final thoughts you want to part with maybe to a mom listening this? Um, Anything that you want to share as we, as we finish here? So I
1: think my final thoughts are, if you think you need help, get help because there is a better way. Even if you feel like you have tried to get help and you are not where you want to be, know that there's someone out there that can help you. I would also say that just because something's common doesn't mean it's normal. So leaking has been so normalized in our culture, but it's not normal. So use your intuition and Got You know what's normal and what's not. And the other thing is be your own best advocate. Advocate for yourself until you get what you know you need.
0: I love that. Thank you so much, Susan, for coming on, for sharing your expertise, for the tips, for the tricks, for all of the information. I think information is key. This is why I do this podcast. I always learn. And then I'm so excited to now share your information even more. Um, So yeah, so continued blessings to you for love and light. And thank you. Thank you. And thank you for everything that you do for the Motherhood Village, Nicole. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this impactful episode of the Motherhood Village podcast